I would like to procure the bag. I want to be a rich bitch. Penthouse store man. Money, 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 rich bitch. Hey, hey, give me that bag. Rich bitch. You're so rich. Pay me. Veggie dogs and fried food. That's what I eat. That's what I mean. I mean, that's, if that doesn't sound like Pennsylvania to me, I don't know what does. You know what? Bless her. I'm just glad to be back. You look Bless great. Her indeed. I'm glad to be back. Thank you so much. I've had such an odd week that I'm like trying really hard in this leopard print and leather jacket situation sure. to like just sure. feel feel kind of glam glam squad for I myself. Like that I have a flowery like cut to the lows. Um <clears throat> And a leather jacket. I love leather, that. I, I love that. I love that we didn't discuss this, and we None both of us. turned up. We both turned up because we knew. We knew. We've seen. We've we've seen Haley around. We know what's going on. We know she's you know, a fashion icon. Good. So we got to We got to bring it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, first let's let's just debrief. I mean, everything is in retrograde. So how was your week? <laughs> because mine has been like bury my face in the pillow and scream. Mm-hmm. That's uh-huh. exactly what's happening. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone I love has COVID. Um, so other right. than you. Amazing. Um, and so I'm alone in this apartment. I won't get into it, but I am not just just me. And <laughs> um, I'm like, what happened? And then also on the way back, because Mercury is in Gatorade or whatever the fuck, and now my phone is, even though it's on silent, just went off, which is another another it's example. Crazy. It's of all that. happening. It's all happening. <laughs> Driving back to the city which should have only taken about two hours and 45 minutes turned into five and half the back of the car fell off while we were driving on the highway. So it fell off. Yeah. Like the bumper panel, everything. And what happened was we were going very fast and some like crazy big truck came up next to us and there hasn't been an issue before, but Uh you could feel the wind tunnel of it all. Uh And all of a sudden you heard, (laughs) I look around, I look at the, the mirror on my side. It doesn't, I don't see anything, but I know it's from that side. And then this fucking, and then ten minutes down the road, this old couple's like, "You have a sweatshirt hanging out of your of your car." Dorian's like, "I don't know, why would we have that?" But what? okay, let's pull over. We pull over. It's not a sweatshirt, BB. It's the it's the corner of the bumper off completely, dangling and. So I was like, "Great!" And we're still in Pennsylvania. Oh my god! So he duct taped the shit out of it, and here we are. <clears throat> well, I'm glad you made it back made it back safely because that ride back is like even though it's like a straight line, it's kind of treacherous in the sense that like yes. it's it's just a lot and everything looks the same and it's really hard to stay awake on that road because it's yeah. just like I mean I let me let me count the times I've almost fallen asleep on that drive mm-hmm. back in back in the day. But like the mountains you, of it all. Yeah, the just mountains like... of it all. And then you hit New Jersey <laughs> and all of a sudden it's just like road in 85 lanes. Mayhem, 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 mayhem. So, I mean, I'm so glad to be back. I had to get my um, credentials for uh, another, the booking I have till the 10th. Then I look forward to being not on any of those things. I've done my time and, um, you know, I want to get back to all the SAG after stuff, whether it's what's going on in terms of some things. And, Lord almighty. You know, striking and, um, you know, everything that's happening. So I want to get back in the game. So, yeah, well, and we'll, we'll brief that later. Cause there's been some abhorrent updates on our end, which I just put on our TikTok. So if you're following yeah. us on TikTok or Instagram at, I want to be a rich bee, you will see the TikTok. I want to be a rich bee. That's it. Yeah. I want to be a rich bee. That is it. Um, that, uh, I made some update videos today on things going on and Great. we'll, we'll get incredible. into it. Um, but my weekend had so much balance to it. I can't stand Great. it. Like, 
good and bad, which is, you know, at least it's, you know, something, something's happening. But like a, a, an assignment I was on ended early because of their perception of what I was doing. But like it was, they, I don't know. What? I don't know how much of it I'm allowed to talk about. But like essentially it was a reception position, which I took in the interim until well, like while I'm looking for other things because it was full time. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I lied. It was part-time. It was just something that was, like, there bringing money in. Yeah. And um, it was just, like, answer the phone. Is this the thing that you that you said yes to and got paperwork for and we said yes at dinner that one night, kakadaka? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was, like, answer the phone, answer some emails, let people in, and then, like, do some various, like, booking of conference rooms and whatnot, all of which I was doing. And then they were, like, oh, you're not being proactive enough. And I was, like, for what? And even my recruiter was like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, so that was kind of wild. And I'm just like, ugh, whatever. So on to the next thing. I had a great job interview today great. Um, for a hedge fund. The woman I spoke to not only follows me on TikTok, hey girl, hey, but also she and I lived on the same block in East Harlem. And so we had a whole little we had a whole little chitty chat about that, which was wonderful because she was just such a star. And I hope I get it. Yeah, um, I love a chitty chat, <clears throat> especially someone who's cool. Yeah, same. And then I met someone. Uh, there, there was a multi-date situation. So we'll see where that's going to go. And that has been Love delightful because it's really the first time I've been on a first date in years. It's been the first time I've been on a second date in years. Um, and I'm actually kind of like moderately excited about this person. And I only say moderate because I'm trying to be like, I hate looking like an idiot, <laughs> like more than anything. Well, um, and most relationships have made me feel that way. So I'm trying to just love be makes kind you of look like, like an idiot, no matter what you do. Exactly, which is I, maybe subconsciously is. why I avoid it. <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you have to look an idiot when you're in love. You will look like an idiot, and it's okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that was a great part of my weekend. Like, put me in an Uber at the end of the night, and I was like, "What am I like, 22 and skinty again? I love <sighs> this." Um, he's delightful, but um, so wonderful. You know, that's kind of how I wrapped my weekend. And then this morning, I had this job interview, which was absolutely fabulous, and working on some stuff on pers- like private client ends of things. And now I'm looking at your face. So there's so many, there's so many beautiful things happening. Win win. There's <laughs> so many good and weird and <clears throat> fucked up things happening that are that are mm-hmm. very balanced. So mm-hmm. if if nothing else, we'll say that we are balanced today. We are balanced. We love. Um, But yeah, so the updates that have happened in the last couple whatever are just like, what in the actual world? Yeah, I want to hear what you're uh, seeing and then what I have. Okay, so so the ones that I've seen was from a TikTok today um, that was like, it was like this casting director agent person talking about this fine print agreement that central casting was asking people to sign which was basically a mandatory thing for you to sign to use the website and then it was also signing away your image likeness voice video anything that has to do with the way that you look or sound or act over to them to be able to use in perpetuity forever without paying you Cool. Uh, in fact, you're paying them because that's a pay for play, play service for audition. Yes, so it is. It's it's mm. just like whatever, and I, I I it's so fucked, and I'm so mad about it. So I posted that original video, and then I just right before we hopped on here saw um that same creator. I think it's A W Casting on cool. TikTok. Um, they posted an update that SAG After has been in touch with Central Casting to be like, hey, you can't do this. Um, and central casting has essentially doubled down and been like, yeah, well, we're going to. 
So that's horrifying. Um, I don't really know the intricacies of the ins and outs of all of that. But it's just been kind of like, what? Um, And so I I basically said in the TikTok, like, do not sign this. And if this is the shit that they're going to try and pull, maybe we should all pull out of central casting. Like, just Yeah, I don't even have central casting. I haven't used casting it since casting like networks. I thought is what what the thing was. Central casting to me is just a it's background database for background. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like if that's the example, then I said at the end of the video, like let's keep an eye on actors' access and, cent- yes. and casting networks because, like, if one does it, who's to say that others won't? Right. Well, the good news is, is the difference between the other ones we're talking about is they're actually more like getting you in touch with a production that then whatever, and if that production has become SAG-AFTRA which I don't go on any auditions that aren't, they won't do this because it's illegal for them to do it. So luckily it's not going to happen like a giant sweep on any of these casting sites. Central casting itself is its own entity. That's the issue. There's like Grant Wilfley, central casting. There's like one other one, maybe three, Sylvia Faye, Jenick, whatever it is. There's three of them or something in New York city. And they're all just background casting. So the problem is, is they kind of feel like they own like the contract or whatever, whatever that, pipeline is to backgroundness what kills me though is if they were to do this for a union production right they can't we're fighting against that that's why we're striking they can't do it so it's really short-sighted as well it means that they're trying to do low-budge shit uh using these <clears throat> human beings likenesses um definitely don't sign with sign anything with them definitely don't use that um, thing I, I can't ex- say enough how much uh, this goes against literally what we are fighting for right now against the AMPTP. I think they just took the AMPTP's playbook, and since they don't have a lot of power other than background, they're like, you know what? Let's try that. Let's try what they were saying. Scan you for one day, pay ya, gotcha. You know, that's it. Yeah. Um, that's like willingly giving your shit away. So yeah. again, it also goes back to the thing that we always say: actors, please read read what you're doing don't and just like, say yes to and everything like also totally guilty of not doing that and like i'm sure. so glad like i haven't been on any of those casting websites in nah. months and months and months and months and so it's just kind of like any kind of shit that they're going to try and pull with that is like not on my radar but yeah. seeing that i was like oh fuck like they're trying to circumvent some shit and get around yeah. what's happening to to like make a money grab of some kind yeah, and it's really disingenuous. And it's obviously like non-union shit. So it's like there's nothing they're making that's gonna be larger budget or in the in the big scheme. It just sounds like they're trying to take people at a time where their money is dwindling and they're not working and doing this weird scam bullshit to steal their identity and do that. It's a tactic. It's so creepy and weird. Um, I know, like you said, SAG after immediately has been talking to them. Um, I got like so many people sending me like, so what's SAG doing about this? I was like, it's going to be okay. Let them, we'll go do it. We'll do something. But what do I, I'm not SAG. I'm, I'm on the board, but I'm not, you know, um, a lot of people message me like, so what's happening with this? What are they doing about it? I'm like, well, let me find out first and then I'll let you know. But if it just happens, but we see it and everybody's sharing it, SAG after knows. So they are doing something yeah, about it. I mean, our, our entire strike is about this. So obviously they're not just going to be like, eh. You know, like we care. This is literally what we're fighting for. Now, I think because we are, you know, union, we are a union. And when you're non-union, or I like to say a pre-member, it's a little harder to protect you because you're not a member of the guild. Yeah. Um, because we have 
print, you know, we can, we can control what we can control. That's why you sign on to be a member and that's why you become one and all that stuff and get yeah. better protections. So basically <clears throat> read and read. do all the things and make sure that you're paying attention to what's going on. Paying attention, but also like, don't, don't do this with central casting. Central casting is gutted. This is gutted of them. Gutted. Gross. Don't do it. Um, hate them i think it's just so gross to do this at the at a time and i i can't believe that their responses i can only imagine what their response is going to be down the line when they're literally breaking the law because that's what's going to happen with all this because because we're going through the process and and everybody knows this we've had city hall meetings we've had public things to do this in new york state where it's an image um it, it where it's an image uh focused state um this is not going to go well for them so, yeah. um, but please guys don't sell your information to anyone. Yeah. Be vigilant. Yep. We love. We love. Yeah. yeah. We love a Kiki in a chat. We love. We love a Kiki in a chat. <laughs> um, so we have this week with us, um, one of my favorite humans on the planet. Uh, one of the newest, I think newest, uh, rounds of Queens on Broadway's Six, the musical, the smash hit Six, the musical. This is... Haley Kaleem Wright, whom we love and adore. Hi, Haley. Hello. Hi. It's so nice Hi. to meet you. He said so much <laughs> wonderful things. And I was looking you up and I was like, dang, killing it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy yeah. to have you. Haley and I met in 2011 mm-hmm. when she had just turned 18 years old. We were doing a production of Hairspray together in Reno, Nevada, of all places. Yeah. And um, that's, you know, with her mom <laughs> and her brother. And it was just, yeah. it was us in the desert doing some doing some musical theater. <laughs> yep. I literally turned 18 on that contract. It's crazy. Yeah. It was wow. crazy. It was, it was such a wild time. But I mean, let's, let's kind of kick it off with like, what's, what's your life? What's going on? Yeah. Um, right now my life is, is been six, um, six months ago we started rehearsal. Um, and that was like, yeah, it was, it was, um, quite a journey. It it was one of the most unique, um, rehearsal experiences. And I think like Broadway turnover experiences, I'm not going to say we were the first, but I, we possibly could have been one of the first official Broadway cast changeovers that happened for the entire cast to come in new. Um, not just like one or two people. Um, and literally on December 4th was the last show for the or some of the original queens. And then on the 5th, we debuted. So audience members bought their tickets, not knowing necessarily that this was our debut night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have any previews, which is something that you normally get when you you know do a show to that magnitude. You get some time to figure it out, um, especially since an audience heavy show. Uh, but we were kind of just thrown to the walls, and luckily we uh, we all made it. We all made it out. <laughs> I mean, did you find that later, six months later you're still standing? So. Yeah, totally still standing, still standing. Did you find that process to be more stressful, or did you kind of find it to be, uh, you know, because when you're doing previews, I know from experience, me doing theater too, it's like previews kind of get you like, okay, I want to do this thing. I really want to do it. It's it was yeah. it interesting just to be thrown into the fire, or how did you? Yeah, feel? it was weird because again, like I said, it's a heavy. Like anybody who's seen Six knows, like it's a lot of crowd participation. Um, and you know, we didn't ever have a crowd. Like that was our first time with a crowd was on our debut night on a Broadway stage um, with press and our families and everything there. So it was very, very. Um, I I will say that it was it was um, a great way to like know that this is what I love to do and that I'm capable and like it showed I think for all of my cast members I think we all were like oh we're we're pretty bad chicks like we just 
did that and and with not a lot of help we had only run the show two other times prior as well to the debut fully with costume with set with the ears with the band like yeah two times and we fought we fought for the for for the second time to be honest with you so yeah it was um it was an arduous rehearsal process I'll be very honest but it did uh again like I said teach me a lot about myself and I think we were able to bond as well as a cast I think we really had to lean on each other which was really great so instead of that that lead up time to the opening night if you will we kind of were like the girls that we I mean if rehearsals at 10 we were coming in at 9 30 and running the show as much as we could together we were keeping those formations tight we were making sure we went over our harmonies like we were driving our way to a successful debut, no matter what stood in the way. So that was really cool. It just shows what you're made of. You know, it's like when you're in the trenches, 100%. like, yeah, for sure. And I can see that reaffirming how you feel about your career as a whole. I mean, it's, but it's exhilarating. And also yeah. with a live audience, I'm sure. I mean, what was the audience like the opening night? How, how Oh man, they, they yeah. were so, they were so beautiful and super yeah. receptive. I mean, obviously, you know, we had a good amount of family and like, there's also like, you know, a big fandom around six. So a lot of the new, um, or a lot, sorry, none of the fandom people knew that we were coming in. So they were very supportive of us. They wanted to hear our options and they put videos up the day of the night of, you know, so welcoming us. And uh, even just when they announced the cast, um and they were super super kind and was sending you know lots of love and stuff so it was a beautiful experience which it could have gone any other way sometimes with fandom and stand-up uh, people are rude and mean they're like I want to see the people that I you know started loving this with so it was really beautiful to see that the queendom as they call it um, the queendom was really uh well receiving of us and yeah we had a great time it was so fun my mom was actually like directly in front of me a couple rows back so by the time we got to the end she was just bawling and I was like don't do oh, that don't do that Asia. <laughs> no. I know, and, know and we know she's not quiet about it either <laughs> oh my god well yeah and that was the other thing she was like woo. I mean it's the perfect show for her it's, oh, and her, the funny oh part is god. she's only 100%. seen it once she's only seen it once which is crazy she saw Paradise Square like 13 times <laughs> oh my god right because because that was your Broadway debut. Yeah, that was my Broadway debut. Wow. Yeah. Talk about stuff you're made of. Truly. My Lord, to get through <laughs> that. I don't know what you are and are not allowed to talk about that. But uh, Well, you know what? I, I feel like it's weird now. I, I, anyone who is like in the theater world, you may have heard about Paradise Square and all of its shenanigans. But I think now, um, just because I was a part of it for so long, so many iterations of it, I have like a lot more positive memories about the show than negative ones, which is like beautiful yep. to me mm-hmm. um, that I've been able to process all of the other stuff and kind of compartmentalize and take um, the pe- takeaway with the people and the experiences and the laughs and the joy that I had from that show. And that was my Broadway debut and my, my principal debut. So like, I, I, yeah, that's, that's like, I, it's very fun. I still fondly think about that show, even yeah. though it was a bit of a hot mess at times, <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> well, and that was, well, only it, on, it, that was really only on the back end too. That wasn't like so yeah. much the forward facing. Cause I, I mean, I saw you in the show. I saw the show. The show was great. Um, yeah. I had a good time there and the music was wonderful and the choreography was great and the story was great. Um, so like all, all of that you're inferring to is all behind the scenes producer nonsense stuff. Exactly. Which if, if you Google for 10 seconds, you'll find out all of that. 50 and articles. We, and we don't need to go into it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I mean, Sarah had kind of said something about like what you're made of. And I know that mm-hmm. that's, that's a thing that you are very proud of. And, and I watched, mm-hmm. I watched a lot of that story arc in your lifetime go by. So if, if you want to tell us a little bit about what you're made of <laughs> and essentially yeah, I like mean, your story of coming to New York and all, and all of that. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, I think my, my favorite word would probably be resilience um and uh I definitely think I'm definitely a a definition of resilience and like just to keep pressing forward I mean you know about that with your surviving of cancer you know super resilient in that manner um and basically after we finished in Reno after we finished working in Hairspray uh and me and my mom looked at each other you know both performers and we're like let's go to New York let's go try this out and um, it just didn't quite kind of work out the way that we thought it would. Um, things quickly, you know, fell fell out and we wanted up being unhoused, found ourselves in shelters in New York City and just trying to figure stuff out. And, um, you know, with a lot like a, a fast forwarded version, just because I feel like I have talked about my story um, at not a nauseum, but just a lot. <laughs> um, you know, it was a, a trying matter, trying time in my life. And luckily, um, I was able to kind of find little moments of affirmations and tools and w- words of wisdom and friends and couches, you know, and be able to piece together um, some semblance of like structure in my life to figure out, okay, what do I want? Kind of come out of survival mode and just really think on like, what do I want for myself? Um, and it started off kind of slow. I got a job, you know, waiting tables and working in retail and doing all the things, but I, I tried as much as possible to leave myself room to go to auditions and like mm-hmm. make it out, you know, of the, the circumstances that I was in. And then I got an opportunity in Japan and I got a cruise ship and those were like cool little nuggets of like, oh, okay, this is kind of like in alignment with what I want to do. And then I got an opportunity to audition for Paradise Square and for another show called Black Clown, where I was like, I want to make a show. I want to be an, an OBC. Like I really like that was like the thing that was kind of driving me. Um, and so I was able to do that with with Paradise Square. We went out to Berkeley and like just had an amazing time making this show. Like I really can say I built a show, which was incredible. Um, but I feel like all of the lessons that I learned of being unhoused and being in the in the city and going through such like rough, like real rough times, like it helped me bounce back for like career stuff and musical theater stuff. It's like, okay, I've got to do a lot worse. I can handle a rejection. I can handle not hearing back from a casting call. I can handle, you know, um, going in for the seventh time for a show and still not getting it. You know, like I can handle those things because I've, um, I've had to traverse way worse situations. I think that's so key too, is um, your story is like, I'm sure you're like, I've told this like 40,000 times and I totally get that because there's things that happen in my life that like, you know, divorce or like my mom's cancer or stuff like that, that really define you. Um, and um, what I admire about your story specifically is that you were experiencing homelessness um, while being unhoused while also uh, having to keep your dream alive. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think there's such a wonderful strength inside of you to be able to do those things. A lot of people when they when possibly for lack of a better term, shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of feeling so encumbered when, why wouldn't we be by the trauma of our experience holding us down and the extraneousness of it all and the uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. So you feel so tapping into that um, survival and that positivity and going after your dreams is the best thing you could have done. And it's showing right now what that's done for you. And I think that's something I think our listeners would really uh, 
love to hear. And I, and I, I love yeah. that you said that because that's I so think, fantastic. I thank you. I feel like dreams and stuff, like, I feel like sometimes it can get very commercialized. It can get very Instagram, like follow your dreams and like, you know, but I don't think we, yeah, like that crap. Like while I understand that a lot of people's intentions are good when they say it, I think that like following a dream, like when it's your calling is something that you cannot help to do. Exactly. There is no choice. Um, the only choice is to betray yourself and betray that inner voice that's saying, do this thing, you know, or to um, not continue to ask the right questions or be studying your craft or whatever. Like people have a lot of dreams and they sit on the couch and they wish for the thing and they think they're manifesting. That's not how that works. Um, I think manifestation is basically, you know, intention and emotion meet together. I think that's the same as prayer. You know, I think prayer, manifesting, whatever you want to call it, whatever makes you comfortable. I think all of those things are required. Intention and, and emotion are, are required. And luckily, because I had nothing to lose, I had plenty of emotional availability to say, well, fuck it. I'm just going to go and try, you know, like. I, I think I could have had the opposite reaction. I could have said, well, fuck it, I'm going to go out and party and drink and drug or whatever. But right. that's that I think would have made uh, the, the matters worse. I knew it would make the situation worse. I knew that it wouldn't affirm the thing that's calling at me. And I, like I said, I kept getting these affirmations or these healthy little moments of nuggets of friends telling me, oh, you know, there's an audition over here or um yes, you can sleep on my couch while you come in and audition for a second or or just whatever. I've had so many helping hands along the way that also kept putting logs on the fire right when I was about to give up. I've had many moments where I thought I was going to give up and I wasn't going to make it, you know, and I had to, I'm a very reflective person. My therapist just told me, she's like, you're very reflective. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I do my best. It's a good thing but, to hear from your therapist. Yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, it's going to compliment. But like, I am in that way. Like, I do want to kind of always ask myself why I'm doing something. So there, there's check-in moments, even on Broadway, even making it. I'm like, okay, why do you still want to do this? Why are you interested in this? Like constantly just asking myself the question. So that way I stay rooted in not getting caught up in the ego, but also rooted in like, what 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 is this that's what a part of this serves me because it gets monotonous it gets hard you know on broadway it's not an easy job <laughs> no i admire that especially that coming from the film shows a week Ooh. yeah it's like you guys have to do the the show repeated you know and it's like college i did all that and then then it's like wow i'm just so impressed with your uh it's not resilience it is resilience because we're talking about resilience but like to be able to tenacity to be able to keep doing it day after day that's amazing well, that's where the skill comes in that's where yeah. the technique comes in that's where going to classes and doing all of yes. the things comes in because it starts to it overrides your system of emotional like i don't want to do this today and i'm fucking tired and like i've i've given all i could give six shows ago you know <laughs> like <laughs> like you know that's where your technique comes in and studying your craft overrides all of those other the human aspects of yeah. you 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 have that professionalism that carries you over the the, 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 the threshold each time <laughs> yeah well and it's also like especially you know we all of us have done this to some degree but like when you mm -hmm. are doing a show or doing a thing repeatedly in rehe the rehe rehearsal process and then when it's finally up and going and whatever you just kind of get to a point where your body just does it for you yeah. and like and like muscle that's memory the, for sure that's the technique and training but it's also the muscle memory of why we have mm -hmm. rehearsals so that like mm -hmm. if you're on stage and you're having like a 50 percent kind of day you can still give 100 percent without having to think about it because it's already there 
Yeah. And like, I yeah. can't, I always talk about how like there were, there are definitely times in shows where like I was doing my job and I was there, but like while I was mm-hmm. doing my job and I was there, I was also thinking about grocery lists and like what yeah. I should go do. And it's like, yeah. it's just a thing that happens. And you're like, oh, yeah, dinner's, to dinner's turn... gotta be right. still made, you know, right. like I forgot st- to turn the st- lights st- off. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff still has to happen. Life still is happening. And I think, you know, it's, I, I think about this often, like watching all the Renaissance tour videos. I'm like, I wonder what Beyonce is thinking about right now. Oh like, God, I, know I know she's not like, like, you know, like I know she has moments where she's like, well, I hope the kids got, you know, fed or the new <laughs> Chanel perfume or whatever, you know, like exactly. whatever rich people think about. But, you know, like I, I'm sure that there, every performer has that. And I think we yeah. also have to give ourselves grace for that, too, on stage, because I used to beat myself up like, oh, my God, I was thinking about getting ramen and not present in the moment, you know, and like maybe I did b- bust up a line a little bit. and I didn't say something perfectly. But like, again, we're human. We're not robots. And I think um I'm, I, I would love for our industry to shift uh, into maybe a different system that allowed us to be able to stay present for the amount of time that we are needed. Mm. But that's a whole other. <laughs> I love that. Whole other show. Whole other show. Although <laughs> no, I mean, we, I, I really we do, do talk about that. though. We talk yeah. about like innovative ways to change the industry that could benefit those of us who are in it in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I mean, I always think that having an a cast b cast you know like they do with kids like if you're having a bad day tap out or like just make it so that you're only doing four shows a week yeah Um, you know and I don't know what that would look like money wise or structure wise I mean certainly it'd be less than the than what is paid now but if it if it keeps you in a healthier place mentally or physically and but my thing is I think even when it comes down to pay not to interrupt you but just a thought on that because it's like, all right, so think about your swings, your understudies, but mo- mostly let's think about our swings, right? We have in six, we have four swings that cover three different parts. Okay. So if you're, if they're getting the same weekly pay, right. But they're not doing shows. What would be the significance and difference of us, of you having them on for a set amount of shows and still getting the same amount of pay? Cause right. The, it, like the, it's all, it's all happening regardless. Like, so for me, I think it's just, we kind of just accept that like, well, these are the rules. It was like, no, if I were to do six shows a week and they had a set two shows, maybe the, both the matinee shows or whatever, even, I, I don't want to get too much into the contract of six, but I'm just like, <laughs> hi, let's say yeah. hypothetically, they get paid the same amount, even if they go on for two shows. Let's just say that. Hmm. Then what's the difference? Why? Because then what happens is when your principles are down, they're down for a longer time, right? They can't. They, they have to really recover. Like there's, there's swings that I've talked to who are like, I've been on for the last two weeks straight. Yeah. Their right. pay doesn't get bumped up for that. No. Well, cause <laughs> it's like, it's like in terms of like an injury, if you, if you go to, if you go through surgery or something to fix a, a, an injury and you go back on it too soon, then you're just going to be out twice as long fixing the fixing. Yeah, you and know, we shouldn't wait till it's dire for there to right. be an option. But, but that's but how it always is. It right? always is. And it's not even so much the mm-hmm. rules per se, quote unquote. It's mm-hmm. just like the mindset and culture of that kind of thing where like, you know, people wear that whole I've never called out of a show badge of honor. Girl. And like, and that used to be me. I've never missed a show in my entire life. And I used to like swing that around like a big old dick. Like I've just, I've never, like who cares, dude? Like no one's patting yeah. you on the back for that. You don't get bonus points. Like, like if the you women don't... who are like, I never used any drugs when I gave birth. It's like, great, but 
and to your point like if they're also getting paid the same then like let's take care of each other like let's let's use this whole theater community right. quote unquote that we claim to be and actually take care of each other in the functionality and structure of the business end of it too it's not just like kumbaya and we love each other and let's do the things it's also how can we fundamentally change things to make sure we are all taken care of in every yeah. way. Right. And that's yeah. why in film and television, you know, stand-ins work every single day and they right. work. they're not just like, I'm there in case, no, they're there while all the lighting is being set up. You're exhausting your person, you know, by yeah. spending it's, four hours to set the lights. And then you want them to just be like, like, yeah, yeah. you gotta be considerate. I just, I, I find that a lot of the musical theater industry is extremely inconsiderate and consider it with audition prep and time to get ready for something inconsiderate with not being able to just send a simple, Hey, you didn't get an email um, inconsiderate with the rehearsal schedule into tech, into uh, uh, your pay structure during rehearsal. You know, I, I'm working harder in rehearsal than I am. Why am I getting paid less? So I, I feel like there's just a lack of consideration for a lot of the, the unpaid hours and unpaid labor and unseen labor, labor um, that, really needs to be addressed on a, on a larger scale and, and accountability has to be had that you are overworking your performers and you're beating them into the ground and your shows suffer for it. So why, why not try to do something different? Right. They're doing yeah. seven and, shows a week at Sweeney Todd, you know? Yeah. Well, and all the principals have just been out for COVID. I think yesterday was the first day that Josh was back. You know, and that also goes into my plight about star casting, which we won't get into because that's a totally different conversation. <laughs> um, you know, they were playing to empty houses because the two leads were out. So it was like, Ooh, you know, they had, they had half houses because their stars were out. But that's a, that's a totally different rant that I'll go on at a different time. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just, you know, it, it just doesn't feel right. Like you wouldn't do that in sports. You wouldn't play no. on an right. injury. And, and in sports, they have off seasons. Right. In sports, they have off seasons i remember i was dating a, 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 a somebody in, in a sport and they were like so when's your off season i was like off season what is that what is that that's unemployment <laughs> that's unemployment babe that's right the off season is. well and it's I'm not even unemployed and it, especially with like especially with the way that like there's audition season of course like where auditions are heavier mm -hmm. but then you have the rest of the year where things are also still going on so it's just there is no like you're summer maybe call. you could argue that it's an off season but yeah exactly you're on call the whole year all mm -hmm. the time I don't so correct, like you know, and then yeah, so and then you get a contract and you sign this year contract, and then you're just expected to work every single day except for that one day off, and never take a day off, and never get sick, and yeah, and the guilt and and the shame of like not being able to do stuff. It's just it's very it's a it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff that we need to relook at and kind of reexamine and see where all of this guilt and shame comes from, and who benefits from us feeling guilty and shameful. Right. Who benefits from us feeling like we can't call out who benefits from us waving that that uh you know flag around if i've never called out and all that stuff like who really benefits from that because it's the not producers <laughs> i mean oh imagine that the people hmm. who don't have to do i feel show. like we're having a war against those in a global scale right now but yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. labor hello yeah hmm. yeah well i also think it's it's multi 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 generations of being told that you're replaceable you're a dime a dozen we don't Truly. need you and you should be lucky to be you should feel lucky yeah be here which yeah. like is also true however yeah. don't treat me like that but don't <laughs> don't don't take me for granted yeah mm. because i because you did cast you did go through two thousand people to get to me mm. hello hello so remember that as well <laughs> <laughs>
And we all have social media now and we'll drag you on it. Thank you. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Yeah, truly. 29,000 followers on TikTok. Thank you. Follow me. You better oh get God, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sam, I've, I've been stuck at 29,000 for like a year. I hate it. I'm so Same. mad. It's so annoying. I was like, girl, if you don't get me to 30, what is happening? I know. I'm like 600 away. I'm so mad. So um, but actually, I do want to um, kind of harken back a little bit to what you had said earlier about like the things that kind of got you through the process of like moving to New York from Reno and then being unhoused and then making it to Broadway. Like what are some of the, I don't know if you want to call them like mantras or, or affirmations or whatever. What are some things that you actually like actively did or thought or wrote down or, or used as tools to kind of get you out of that or keep you in I a did place a culmination. where you could be in that? I did a culmination of things. Uh, I got really, really lucky that at a young age, I saw the secret which oh, I know hell is like, yeah. yeah, I know it's like such a like oldie, but good. Like to mm-hmm. me, it's a goodie, you know, it's still like, cause I know people kind of took it and were like, well, I want a Lamborghini. And it's like, it's not really about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little deeper than that. Um, but I was using the secret to kind of just test and see what was available for me in this big old universe. Right. So, um, I actually watched the secret in a shelter. <laughs> I rented wow. it from the library, rented it, rented it from a library. And I watched it and I really watched it with intention. I was, um, you know, 18 at the time. And I remember if you, if you guys can remember the movie, there's like a certain point where they would talk about the thoughts of, um, your, like you, and and they had this imagery of like it whooshing, like this orb essentially like from your brain into the environment with like great power and great force, great visual for me. I'm such a visual person. So I thought about that imagery and me and my mom named it the whoosh. And so we'd be like, okay, we got to whoosh this, you know, we got to whoosh ourselves into a better situation. So funny enough, like watching that, I, um, cause like in the, in the shelter system, I don't know if it's changed now. This was like in 2013 or 14, but, um, I remember you couldn't have an AC unit. So obviously in New York in the summer, it's super flipping hot. Um, and so I would go to the Lincoln Center Library and I'd bring my journal and I'd sit and I think you can rent a computer there too. So I'd rent a computer, wow. I'd have a journal and I'd sit and I'd journal and I would try to whoosh um, good things for myself. I wasn't quite into what we call scripting. I wasn't into that quite yet, but I was getting there. I, I just need to journal my feelings and like try to sit with like, what do I want to do? And I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I sit at the library and just watch YouTube videos of like um, expats. Like, so I, I got really into like Korean uh, K-pop. I got into um, trying to learn Korean. I was teaching myself Hangul for a certain point in time. I could read and write in Hangul because it's actually a pretty easy language to learn the alphabet of um and learn the phonetics sounding of everything um and so i would like i mean till four or five in the morning to sit and watch these expats who live in asia who travel around from um from all the asian places they go to korea they go to china they go to japan they just pop around i was learning so much about asian culture and i really was like oh i i wanted i want to do that um and then subsequently like a couple weeks later my mom was like hey there's this audition um for universal studios japan and I booked it. I got it. And I went to Japan. That was my first acting job after Reno. Uh, you know, first acting job, um, was in Asia, in Japan, completely living for free, got a house, got a this, got a that, you know, and, and, um, and the way that it happened was crazy because it was like, I wanted, I knew that I wanted my family to still be okay. Right. Cause I have a little brother and my mom. And so I wasn't in New York alone. So it was like, okay, I want them to like be okay but but I still want to go to Asia so like 
each month we hit a milestone. Like we got an apartment, got, or got a job, got an apartment, got a car. And then I left to Japan. Like it was like everything I got set up to where they were good. And then I could really like fully enjoy myself and immerse myself in that place. And, um, I turned 21 and 22 in Japan. And that was like, I just, I just knew that was proof that like I had whooshed it. You know, I had done the thing of like mentally getting out of my way of like the things that I wanted. I had called it to me. Um, and that was proof, but I did a lot of little things along the way of like, I would just always like imagine the subway doors being open when I come down, like, and it would, it would, you know, just to like strengthen my mind to mind to universe, like path, you know, just to strengthen that muscle. Um, and then like, I would imagine, um, going into the, the room, the audition room and like seeing people smile at me and like, feel like it was genuine. Like I would visualize that happening for myself. Um, and then I, then as I got better, I feel like now where I'm at is like, if I think the thought it's done, um, if I feel it, if I feel it and I think the thought it's done, but that's, this is, I mean, from 18, I'm going to be 30 in like two weeks. So this has been a long practice. Um, but yeah, I, I used a lot of my, my um woo-woo magic of, of the secret and scripting and affirmations i love affirmations yes um and i i watch a lot of youtubers um a lot of like um spiritual thought leaders um eckhart tolle um bob proctor lisa mm-hmm. nichols uh michael b beckwith um obviously Oprah she's kind of been my gateway to all of those resources Brene Brown just constantly trying to feed myself with positive things like that was my biggest thing while I was in this negative state I had to feed my my brain and my spirit and nourish myself in good feeling vibrations you know you were you were seeing the light while it was very dark you were you were you were finding it too and that's that's so important and such as such a key thing. And I love your affinity towards Japan. I actually went to Japan when I was 17 with a host family, just because I was obsessed with Japan and I got it so and cool. I could afford to go because of my first voiceover. And I was like, I love it there. I don't know where you are at, but I was in Kuki city and Akihabara. I don't know where you oh, were. I w- okay. I haven't been there. I, w- I was in Osaka. Oh, dude. Beautiful. <laughs> Stunning. <laughs> Stunning temples. I mean, come yeah. on. So close to Tokyo, close to, yeah, Nara, went to Kyoto. Yeah, yeah, had a great time. It's a beautiful country. I remember seeing you, you either posted like videos or photos of you in Universal Japan. And I had no idea that you were there. And I was like, I think Haley's like famous in Japan or something. (laughs) (laughs) Just was like, I mean, that makes sense. That totally, she's probably like a big pop star over there in Japan. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I, she? I did have a fan base. I still have a fan base in Japan. I haven't been back there in like six or seven years now. But yeah, I still, I like one of my second ranking countries when I look at my insights is still Japan. They're very, very kind and loyal. Amazing. And I love, I love Japanese culture so much. I had such a good time there. I love Can that. you talk about it all? Like what you did at Universal? Did you play a specific yeah. character or? I was in uh, Universal Monsters Live. Yes, I played were. the Bride of Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> I remember that wig. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But you know what's fucking funny? Like, if I show you the costume from that show and I show you, it looks, it doesn't, it's not, obviously, it's not the same color palette, but it's the same idea as the six costume. I'm not kidding oh, you. Like, I kind of laughed at it because I was like, I know that, 
this is all just happenstance, but literally it's like a corset, the big puffy skirt at the end, big curly wig. Like it's literally Catherine of Aragon. It, it, it just made me chuckle when I looked at it. I just, I just recently looked back and I was like, that's hilarious. But yeah, I, I played the Bride of Frankenstein. I sang I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, um, who and I, we share the same birthday. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's my birthday twin. Not, I mean, the years, but you know. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Vampire. I mean, I look good, but I that good. I mean, Uh, yeah. So I was saying, I will survive, and I really fell in love with just like performing. But you know, it was funny because I was working with Beetlejuice and in the show as well. It's a very odd. I don't know what that show was about. I'm not even gonna tell. I I literally can't remember. But but I I went in for this. I think years and years and years before. And they like pair you up with different monsters and you're like couples or something. Yeah. So what you probably would have been Frankenstein, right? Because you're so tall. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I was so mad too. I got I got that casting and I was like, I am getting called in for Frankenstein. Frankenstein are you, are yeah. you kidding me and and like they had to wear like all this green makeup and they had to put these like little the things bolts, yeah. like yeah had to do the bolts it was like a whole thing it was so funny but like it was my college like Japan was my freaking college mm-hmm. and it was lit like I yes. loved it like we were famous like we definitely were famous there um people wanted our autographs our pictures they wanted to know if we were going to be in like clubs and stuff I was performing my own music and like doing my own shows out there amazing um yeah it was incredible it was incredible and then I the second year I did an atmosphere show which means I was like performing outside um and we did we did like a pop R&B medley so I sing like Shake It Off by Taylor and I sing like Break Free by Ariana Grande and I can't remember all the other songs but those are the ones that <laughs> come to mind um please talk about your original music stuff ah, like I yeah. remember all of like the first the first iteration of this and how it changed over the years and I I think that's part of one of the reasons why I thought you were famous in Japan because I saw you performing in clubs doing your own thing that wasn't the Universal Studios show and so that was just the assumption that I was like oh like Haley's over there with like a record label or something getting famous in Japan <laughs> No, I okay. So, so doing my original music was actually nuts because Japan let me get like my stage presence, you know, like I, I really was able to gain my independence on the stage from having such an audience that didn't even know what I was saying. They didn't, they don't know, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, I it was, I couldn't make a mistake really. Right. <laughs> as long as I sounded pretty decent and looked pretty decent, I couldn't make a mistake. So, um, I started, I started writing music in New York. I actually got a record deal when I was younger, um, before I left New York, but that fell through. And that was kind of the thing that catapulted me to like, to have to think about where I wanted to go next. But was that, was that um, the place that was like, I want to say it was like West 43rd street. So it's actually weird. So, oh, this is another one of those like weird moments. So it was at the Observer Building, which used to be like a, a paper, the Observer, uh-huh. um, which was like right on. Oh, sorry, it was right on Forty uh, Fourth Street, and they. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, my family. Okay. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was at 44th Street and 8th Avenue, and that is actually where I signed my record deal, and uh, we rehearsed at 6 in the exact same building. Stop it. Wow. Nuts. I went up there with you one time, didn't I? I I'm sure, because it was like such a cool thing. I was like, come to the studio. Yeah, because you know? yeah. we, we met up for like and... lunch or something, and we went up into yeah. the studio and like walked around, and then we saw Jeff Gold- Goldblum on the corner. 
work. Yeah. Like it, it was literally like everybody and their mama was at that because Diddy had a, a studio there. And so I, yeah, it was crazy. It was a really cool, a cool moment. But, um, right. So you can see how I would think you went to Japan to go be famous. <laughs> I mean, I, w- yeah, exactly. I mean, that it, it was, it was my escape plan. I mean, it really was a lifesaver for me too. It was like a parachute, you know, yeah. a new lifeline. It gave me a new start, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I, I see that. And I, I also like how your, as your journey goes, I mean, as performers and artists and those of us living in this cuckoo cuckoo world, this crazy city also, <laughs> um, you stuff I'm talking about, I did four years ago. I was like, well, how did I get here? And then you talk about like four years from now, like, how did I get here? And it's such a, saying yes to the things that give you life that give you these opportunities um people don't know what that's like until you're in it and so i think it's really cool how many things that you've done to take you to the next thing have you ever done the artist way oh that's so interesting you said that i actually started reading that book um and mm-hmm. then i had to stop because i literally was like i need to be able to commit to this mm-hmm. i bought the journals like i literally have the journals mm-hmm. i just need to start be- and you know okay i'm going to just ask you this are you a journaler as well as doing morning pages I got really in my head about like how do I do morning pages but like also journal and like Mm. do what I do when I journal but also like will morning pages take all away my journaling like I got very in my head about it (laughs) yes I think what happens is it's just like everything else is relinquishing that control and that um what's going to come out of you in the morning might itch that's that need to journal but then sometimes there's days where it's like that stream of consciousness was straight gobbledygook and I love that for me and that's what got me in the morning to go like girl what the fuck and then later I was like you know I'd love to like just really talk about how my day went or like where I'm feeling right yeah now. and okay. like sometimes your morning pages are that and that was more often than not where I would do the morning pages and it would just be like so primal just coming out of me in the morning um that I wouldn't feel the need to journal as much um but I still had days where like this huge thing happened let me talk about that or let me draw this thing or see how I feel so to me it was when I stopped caring about whether it's gonna hurt this or affect that I was like let me just see does it um make it even more vibrant and interesting or what does it do to it you know because either way they're all in you um if you want a journal you'll be able to do it um but I did find a lot of times my morning pages were the things that I probably would have written. Um, and it was just more, to me, it was almost more honest because it was just stream of consciousness as opposed to like what I want to put down. If that makes any sense. I love that. No, that's super, super helpful. And now I'm going to get back started on it. Cause I really got so in my head about that and like, it kind of just halted the whole process, but it changed sorry, my life. Were... It changed my oh, life. I, I went really... through like a really, yeah, I went through a really long relationship. It was over a decade and then a divorce and I was very blocked uh, creatively. And I was like, what am I doing? Like as an actor, I was doing pretty well, especially film and TV stuff, but I wasn't writing like I used to. And then the artist way kind of cracked open this whole thing. And um, I ended up writing two shows. I ended up like getting a show on Amazon. It all was because of it, like it pulled the it out of me of like a hole or just like the negative space. And this was all, you know, also during the start of the deep lockdown pandemic, this all happened after months after, but it was like all during that time where I was like rebuilding and just being myself and um, highly recommend there's even a sequel, you know, walking in the artist world or walking in the world. Um, But yeah, I highly recommend it. It honestly changed my life like in a crazy way. Because when I hear about your secret story and I hear about stuff, it's like the same kind of trajectory I was on where I saw it a long time ago. It's like, how do I apply this? 
very interesting, started to manifest things, was like, what? And then when the artist way came back to me or came to me in a time where I really needed it, I was pushing it away. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I really should just fully get into this. It changed everything. Um, And I keep hearing stories like this, which is what made me get into it. Cause I'm very like woo woo about life. I just, I love all of it. I love, I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. I want to, I want to get into it. Um, I, 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 the power of the subconscious mind was like that book for me. That was just like, Mm -hmm. that really unlocked a lot for me. Uh, I read it twice. That's how moved by uh, by it by I was. And I really started to get aware and in tune with my emotional standpoint and how I'm, how I'm operating in my emotional place. And then how that looks uh, around me and like, yeah, definitely revolutionized a lot of things for me, but um, I really want to try the artist way. So th- I'm actually super appreciative of you asking me about it. Cause I definitely was on my, I started the, the, to listen to it and I wanted to get the physical copy too, but um, yeah. yeah, I got in my own head. I got really in my own head and I needed that clarity. So thank you for that. Of I will release into just letting it be and whatever the morning pages are, they are. And my journal yeah. will be my journal and that's it. But sometimes they're beautiful. Sometimes yeah, they're I, gobbledygook, I have, you know, it's just and, what it and is. And I have to just, yeah, I have to release to that. Cause I, I'm a weirdo. Like I have three different journals. <laughs> Work. I have a spirit journal. I have a mind journal. Sorry, two different journals. I have a spirit journal. I have a mind journal. So mm-hmm. I guess the third being the morning pages is like, I was like, now wait a minute, Haley. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> there was, there was doing a book. I'm trying to find it on my phone. I can't find it. But there was a book that you recommended to me when we were doing the American Horror Story thing that you were reading. It was then. probably The Power of Subconscious Mind. Is it that much? Because I was rereading it. it. I think okay. I was rereading it at, mm. at that time, or maybe was that was my first was. time. Yeah. Because yeah, I think I I got the audiobook to that and I started to listen to it. I don't know if I finished it. I think I finished it. I love stuff like that. I'm just going to buy it right now on Amazon. I'm to- yeah. I'm totally, <laughs> I'm new to this whole like world of things like this, but like I started doing the artist way. Apparently, I'm doing it wrong, but at least I'm doing the morning pages part of it. <laughs> like- well, you're not doing it wrong. You're just not doing it fully. There's right. nothing wrong about that. It's- <laughs> oh, okay. But like that's I'm, the negative take. You're you're just not you just need to do all the things. Right, yeah, right. right. Okay. I stopped reading after after like artist date and I was like, okay, let me do this. And then I just stopped and I've been doing the pages. That's I'm, funny. I'm, I think I hit artist date too. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, great. Go? Well, like, let me get some money together to do that. Like, <laughs> but you don't need money. You don't need money no, to know, do it. That. Like you don't. We live in New York. Take a walk in the park and put Literally. on a podcast that you love or music that you love or a hypnosis or some sort of you know, binaural beats thing that'll uh, elevate oh you, God, and yes, that's I your date. I sleep yeah, to binaural so like, beats. I love them. Yeah. Um, so there you but go. Yeah. Like I, I like actually pulling. I put my journal next to my bed, so when my alarm goes off, no matter how many times I hit snooze, I will just like <laughs> pull the journal down onto the mattress. And as long as there's enough light that I can see where the lines are, right. I'll be like one eye open with like the pen being like, <laughs> fuckity, fuck, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, And it really, even like after the first time I did it, I felt different. And I just was like, I feel like there's something, something happened between like my stomach and my head where I right. was like, I need to like get up. And I was like, this is going to be the thing that, like, gets me to get up and go to the gym in the morning again like I used to. And then, like, instead of just, like, waiting until 4 p.m. or, like, whenever I'm off work, if I even feel like doing it off work. Like, this is going to be the thing that kind of lightens the load in the morning so I don't feel Mm -hmm. so bogged down so that I can get my ass out the door. Um, And it's been even it's I think it's only been like a week or so that I've been doing it. And it has already been like I've been to the gym three times this week, which is three more times that I've been going. So, like, it's. It's been like a really big, like f- mental weight changer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I can't wait to do it correctly. 
That's great. <laughs> Me too. Fully. I can't wait to start. I can't wait yeah. to really start again because I did one day of of the morning pages and then I completely again I just got freaked out. So thank you both for yeah for that. Affirmation. I just bought the book. The Paris. It's coming yes. tomorrow, so I'll be reading. Oh, it. you're gonna love it. You're, it's, <laughs> it's and I'm a heavy. highlight gal. She loves neon. She loves to be like circle baby. circle. Check that baby out. That quote, girl. I'll put that on my on my board up here and just be like. That's it. Get two highlighters because I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> I'm buying them now too. Amazon. Sorry, Jeff Bezos. I don't like you, but I'm going to keep I ordering know, stuff. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's a mess. I, I order from Amazon so much. The pandemic really, really made that a thing. Oh I was God, never really on Amazon me. before the pandemic. I was never on Amazon before oh, yeah. the pandemic. Yep. I was, but not in the way that I was during. The no, okay, yes, not the same way. Like now, <laughs> if I think of a thing, I go there first. I'm not even looking at any other. Right. Place. I'm not even thinking right. about stepping my ass out of the house to go and find that thing. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> there's no point. I can get it by tomorrow. Like what? Right. Well, I mean, not to be doom and gloom, but like so many drugstores and so many, you know, brick and mortars, especially chain ones, are just shutting down. They don't, or they don't well, have, or because of the supply the, chain. Like, yeah, well, supply it's, it's, demand, the, it's, it's not, the supply yeah. thing, but I actually, there's a pharmacy on the corner of my block and I went in there to go get my Rogaine that I use to like mm-hmm. keep this hair transplant going. Work. But um, I went to go buy it and a single bottle of it was $95, where usually a three situation is like 50 and really? They, yeah, and they rang it up, and I was like, "What in the world?" And the manager came over. He's like, "I know." The, he was like, "Those big suppliers hate the small people because it costs them more money to ship them oh, wow. these things here when they don't sell as often as they would if you were like a Walgreens or a Rite Aid or yeah. something like that." Yeah. And so, really, like they're getting screwed by it, it's less the supply chain, but it's the willingness of the bigger corporations to be flexible with smaller companies. Because it's going to not make them as much money and cost them more. Uh, Which is just gross. Because, like, I literally said, I was like, I'm sorry, guys, I hate to say this, but I am going to have to buy this on Amazon. Yeah, like... Yeah, that's the worst feeling. "Eh." It's the worst feeling, but... All of that said, (laughs) I'm the problem, it's me, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Well, the system is the problem, but I'm part of it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm... I'm, Yeah, that's the thing. That's just really, trying to survive and in, some, in this well, and shit. Exactly. With survi- yeah. surviving in this, like you almost can't help but just be part of the problem because if it's the cheapest yeah. option. I got to do what I got to do. do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so really quick, I we started this conversation and I kind of want to guide it into the direction of like what's going on in the future, but like original music stuff, like we've talked about your Japan stardom and all of that. Like, are you, are you doing more stuff now? Or is that kind of just like there and it's existing? Is there active you know, things it's, happening? It's, it's great that you're asking me this. I'm going to keep it a thousand. It has been so difficult to get in the headspace of making music because of so many blocks and traumas and things that I've experienced while making music, which is really, really sad because it is my first love. Songwriting is my first love. Um, But I have to really like sit with my journal, sit with myself and kind of come out of like that old thinking and mentality of like, I've just been so mistreated when I've recorded music um, whether it's just someone not sending the files the way that they said they were or not completing the mix the way that they said they were or the quality not being up to speed or like just creepy men in the studio you know I've, I've just had so many weird things but like or I will eventually get to make my original music I feel like it will probably happen after six 
um, just because six is so all encompassing mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't have the space. And I'm also re I'm looking at my career in a bit of a different way. I think, um, I would really love to have my music synced into like shows. Like my new dream for myself is like to have my music playing under a scene that I'm in, in the show, you know, like I think I've, I've, I don't think I'll, uh, well, let me not say, I don't think I'll ever, but like, I'm not interested in necessarily like trying to go tour my album necessarily. I don't really know if that sounds like a, a desire of mine. However, I would like to tour and do my own concert. You know, if that does that, you know what I'm saying? And if I have original music, I throw that in there, but maybe it's like in the style of a cabaret kind of that, that goes around. Going, going the Idina Menzel route instead of the Beyonce route. Yeah. Cause I just, I feel like the music industry is not, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm working my ass off in the acting world and I just want to keep like going in that route and like be the best overall overall actor and entertainer that I can be but I'm always gonna love music and like once I get over those blocks who knows maybe I'll have a number one hit or something one day but right now I'm like it's it's all it's it's all pieces of the puzzle right I mean like yeah we talk about this frequently about how you know like the example I give is like cancer sucked but like without that I never would have been able to be where I'm at now with the book and the podcast and the adaptation and everything else so like where you're at now with six like if the goal is eventually to do your own original music and whether you find like an MD or an A&R that puts you into some kind of licensing deal or whatnot like that'll happen because you wanted to and this is just this is just a big step up for you then to take the next step to that you got this and also Thank like you. you you've shown examples to us and and we all know this and I'm saying this as a mirror to myself <laughs> I have to remind myself that things change like that there's going to be a time where all of a sudden you're like wait I'm so ready to do this right now I don't know why I don't know how I got through this block you know I'm really excited that you're doing the artist way and I'm really excited that you are a journal journalist uh <laughs> journalista <laughs> um, journalista Frank yeah so I I literally like have a box of like 14 I don't know how many 15 16 17 moleskins that I've just destroyed throughout yes. like you know and it's just it's so important to it, it really does untap that stuff and find I find blockages like as I'm writing I'm like why did I say that you know it's like yeah. stuff coming out so I think always holding space for yourself as you do expertly it seems um but knowing that you're not gonna want to do all the things all the time Mm-hmm. At a time that seems convenient, it's just going to happen where you feel mm-hmm. like one day, oh, yeah, I'm ready for that. Let's go. Yeah. You know, I just want to be synonymous with like greatness. And I want like I want people sure. to hear my name and say, oh, that, that girl can fill in the blank, you know, whatever they know me as, you know, that girl can sing, that girl can mm-hmm. act, that girl can dance, that girl can entertain, whatever that they or that girl is a philanthropist. She's popping in her yes. philanthropy work because I'm big on that. Um, So like, yeah, just just. I think I'm in the place of like really trying to um, put roots in the industry and in, within my peers and amongst my community um, of like, uh, yeah, there's just, there's just certain names that are synonymous with greatness and certain names that you like anticipate watching what they do next, you know, and I really want to earn that um, place in people's minds and hearts, you know? So that's the work I'm doing. I feel like right now, like I'm still in acting classes. I'm still in in dance classes. I'm still, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still a student of my craft. I don't think I know everything. And I don't feel like I've made it, which I kind of like. I was telling my mom that she was like, I don't think you really know how great you are. And I was like, I don't think I need to. 
Like, I, I understand that I have a, a, a light about me. I know that I'm a good person. I know that I have talents, but I don't necessarily need to like buy into what a, whatever is going on that people that makes people go like, right. you know, I, I don't think I need to buy their standard. Yeah, their yeah, standard like, of what that means. What does that yeah, mean? I have then? my own. Yeah, yeah, I got my own barometer of like things. I'm like, I had a performance um at Broadway in the Broadway in Bryant Park that you know went really viral and and I but I I before it went viral I felt really good about it. You know what I'm saying? Like I mm-hmm. came off stage and I was like, I think I did good. And you know, and I and my mom was there and she was like, Girl, you did that. I'm like, Okay, cool. That's enough for me. You know, you sure and, did that little like sidewalk across the stage. <laughs> If you only I was knew like, how, there she is. <laughs> I was fighting for my life. Do you hear me? I was fighting for my life on that stage. It first of all it was so freaking hot. That was like at the peak of the heat wave, right? Yeah. In New York. And then two, the stage was so slippery. I was in my Leducas from Paradise Square because yes, I I took the shoes. You, you better as good. you do. That's or, the least you as one done. as one does with their own money. Um, but I took those Leducas, honey, and we did our sound check. And and someone has a video of me in like my scarf and glasses doing scout sound check. Like it's really slippery on stage. <laughs> just having a moment. Like it, I look so un, un, unhappy, but I really wasn't. But I was just shocked. I was like, fuck, it's really slippery. So I knew yes. it was gonna be slippery. But I felt like because I was so, you know, I'm, I'm performing now. It's not just sound check. I was like, girl, please don't bust your ass. No. So those, those, those like little, that trot to the other side is a plant your feet, plant your feet, plant your feet, hold yourself up, hold yourself up. Don't slip. Cause I was slipping and sliding all over the thing. I don't know how you can't see it in the video. It's actually crazy. Um, but I did yeah, not clock that at all. That is a multitask yeah. queen right there. Yeah, I had to go. To, I had to go straight to PT afterwards, y'all. I'm not even kidding. My my body was like gripped up because I was holding my. I was like because I slipped a few times and so oh, I like no. triggered my ass cheeks to my back to my arm. Like oh, it was a thing. relatable content. Why I'm gonna get to a oh, PS? Jesus. Get it? <laughs> I get it. You're like, I'm fine. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, wait a Just minute. Just kidding. I mean, listen, wow. not that this is even comparable, but that was me after I went jet skiing because you're just like <laughs> braced on this thing the whole time. And when I got off, I was like, ow. Like my body's like, girl, I thought you were about to get beat up. Like I thought you yeah. were fighting. I didn't know what I thought happened. you were going to bite the dust for real. Like hit the yeah. ground running. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that's so Well, funny. you know. <laughs> And if I'm, I would have fallen, I would have looked you getting getting back up. So it don't that's really I mean, one way or another, it was going to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> as oh long my as gosh. you look good while you do it, whatever. Right. Sure. It would have been. I it would have been like the six cast brought, uh, Scarlet takes a tumble moment where like Aragon goes down. I refuse. Not not on that day. I needed I needed that to go right, which I was <laughs> yeah. I was really proud of that performance, and and my performance at um the Juneteenth concert where I did um. <laughs> don't rain on my parade <laughs> oh my god that was so good that was a fun one that, that, that so like good. those were, and that was my first time singing that song ever like literally ever singing it one and also that day i had not sang it like prior in sound check or anything so yeah I mean, again it's like i mean my how own dare you <laughs> i know it, wow scary scary Raw talent. Like, i like i like to challenge like that's what i get off on i like to challenge myself in that kind of way like, yeah. i feel like oh i'm scared then it's like, okay, I want to do that. Like, I want to mm-hmm. do a play. Like, I need to do a play. Oh, my next. goodness. I know, right? Yeah. Preferably at the MTC theater, since I could just conquer all of those theaters. Like, you <laughs> Get it. Right. Just stay in the row. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, why change my commute? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Make it easy for yourself. But, yeah. I mean, listen, 
I know that you're you're aspirational to be amongst names of great people, but to me, you already are there. You know, like you're you're one of those people that I've had the pleasure of meeting in my lifetime of all the regrets that I have of like my performing career in theater and what I should have done and could have done and whatever. Like the people are the things that are are the piece of it to me that I wouldn't change a thing. Mm. Um, and you're one you're top of the list right there. I mean, you guys were oh. some of the only people that came to visit me while I was in the hospital. And, um, you know, I like keep an eye on you, you know, I keep like a, a big brother eye on you. <laughs> Always. Just like, and we've just always like, stayed together. I mean, you helped me write you. my first resume. You helped me literally write my first resume. <laughs> we made up we made up so much shit on that resume. And I was like, Edward, I, I don't know if I can can I lie about this. It's like whatever, you're smart. No, no one will know. It's you fine. can sing that song without practicing it in front of a live audience. You can do anything. I mean, literally in the oh middle God. of Times Square. Like that those were good times, but I I really do mean it. I I do keep an eye on you and I'm very proud of you. And I couldn't I don't really have many words beyond that because it's just awe-inspiring where you've how far you've come in like all the peaks and valleys of it all i can say the same for you too baby we were praying for you in that hospital bed we were (laughs) we knew you were gonna come up out of there and and we just wanted to cover you with love and i'm just so proud of where you are i'm happy for you and i'm so excited to be you know on your show and just watching you do your thing i mean same and likewise Yeah, I really, I just have really enjoyed talking to you. And I, I really do find a lot of the things you're saying really resonate with me. And um, I think anyone who's been through a lot of stuff or has had a journey, you know, it's all different. Everyone's journeys are very different. But um, I love your resilience. I really admire that. And, um, you know, all I can say is from my experience, you know, all the bad things or the things that are hard, I always came out of it so much stronger. And I can see that you've applied that. And that's really the point is that, we're all just trying our best. We're all just human beings uh, in this rock floating in space, trying to do the best we can. And we have love to give and art to show and labor to get paid properly for. Mm -hmm. After board member, Sarah Seeds. But what I'm saying is (laughs) we have all these things in our lives that are so beautiful. And it's wonderful that even through the dark parts, we learn so much beauty. We learn so much about ourselves and um, I just have really admired hearing your story and I thank you for sharing because it's it's not only inspiring to me, but I know it's going to be inspiring to so many people who hear this and thank you. We'll want to watch you continue to rise. So thank you. Yeah. Rise up. Rise up. I love it. Do it. Oh. Yeah, that's great. Well, Haley, I'm proud of you. And um this is real rich rich bitch behavior. So keep it up. Truly. Keep it up. <laughs> Truly. Like and I promise I will come see you in six soon. <laughs> yeah, and I want to come see yes. you. Let's go together. That would be really fun. Let's go. Six yeah, there we go. When there are, we go. When are you back in? Um, I'll tell you when we're not recording. <laughs> Great. Copy. Okay. Love that. <laughs> we love All right. Well that. then let's not be recording so that we can okay. have that conversation. That. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, where can we can where can we find you, gal? Where can we find you on the interwebs? Like where can yeah, we I'm on I'm on Haley Kaleem Wright on all platforms. I'm mostly just on TikTok and uh Instagram. I'm thinking about making a YouTube channel, but we'll get there. It's a thing. Yeah. Thank it's you. A thing. Thank, Thank you. you for listening, everyone. Leave the money on the table. You're so rich. Uh, pay me. Pay me.